What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Rip City Rundown podcast, episode 110. It's two of us today, no Cody, just me and West. We're going to be talking some Blazer basketball, coming off a nice win against the Nets. We've got New York Knicks tonight as we are recording this Tuesday, January 9th. This will be posted January 10th, though, so you guys already know the outcome of that. But once again, it's kind of just another check-in. Nothing too important on the agenda. Um, But we'll kind of just be chopping up about Blazer basketball um, and really just whatever we want to talk about. Wes might bring something that he wants to talk about. I'll bring something I want to talk about, and we'll go from there. So Mm -hmm. um, what's going on in your Blazer world? Were you in tune for that win against the Nets uh, on Sunday? I was actually. That was a fun game. Um, Simons went for 38. Um, Simons was giving me some some uh, PT, not PTSD. PTSD would be if I was on the opposing team. It was giving me some good memories of the Dame era because mm-hmm. that is just a that was a Damian Lillard performance from Simons. Yeah. You know, you're you literally he took over in the clutch. Um, anyway, it was a good vibes game. Um, when you're a team that is struggling, you know, obviously we're 10 and 25 at this point. Um, those are the games that are fun to win, you know, matinee on the road in Brooklyn, like why not go for the win? And you saw that because like all, all the big boys played heavy minutes, Um, but it was a fun game. But other than that, you know, uh, I've really been more into the development of players, seeing more player stats than team stats because we all kind of had a rough estimate of where the team was going to be long-term for the season. Yeah, some things from the last couple weeks or specifically the last week that have definitely caught my attention would be one, Shaden Sharp's return from injury and kind of just his struggle. I feel like he finally got out of that struggle against uh, Brooklyn. I'm pretty sure he had like 20 on 50% shooting. Um, Yeah, 21 on 50% shooting. He played 40 minutes. That was good to see him play heavy minutes. And then a guy that hasn't played in now a week or two, that's DeAndre Ayton and his lingering knee tendonitis. Um, That's just... It's eerie. I mean, it's Blazers and big man injuries, and True. it's just DeAndre Ayton this year for me. And this this comes after seeing now Duop Reith and Ibu Baji just have great kind of stints so far with the Blazers. Obviously, their expectations aren't as high, but just seeing them play as well as they have. I mean, we found out the other day or saw the other day that Duop Reith is one of the best plus minus guys in the NBA. So just why is that Wild. the case Wild. compared to when Ayton's on the floor? So, like, that's where, a good point. Where's the, where's the disconnect when it comes to DeAndre Ayton and this team? That's something that I've just been trying to get my head around. Yeah, Ayton, um, when he initially went down, I was not, you know, my mind didn't Im- immediately go to, oh, he's going to miss an extended period of time. In fact, he just popped up on the injury report, you know, because yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, living and dying by the daily previews and each game and the injury reports and everything. Like I'll check in who's playing tonight, who's not. Um, but Aiden's been out for a good bit here. And like you said, um, we're not, I'm not going to speculate on anything that's going to be long-term, but, and, and I do think there's an element um, of what the Blazers front office, what their goals are when it comes to the end of the season. And you know what I mean by that. Um, so I don't think they're going to rush Aiden back at all. I think they're definitely I, – I, of course, I would say it hasn't been all sunshine and roses, though. 
in the Rose City when it comes to DeAndre Ayton. And Duop Reith, you know, we don't have to talk about him a ton, but he's been he's he, you remember when we were doing like those early podcasts and we were talking about expectations for the year. And I was like, and we all said this in a different way, but we were like, it's not about the wins and losses. It's about the little stories from each player. Duop Reith is that story. Because if we're a good team, Duop Reith is probably in the G League or, you know, in years past, not even on our on our G League team. So, but being like number one in the NBA, or not number one, 100 percentile in the NBA in, you know, point per shot attempt or, or plus minus on the floor, off the floor is just wild to me. Um, we, if we want to dive into that, we can, you know, mm-hmm. I got, I think we got bigger fish to fry, no disrespect to do but what he's been doing is just insane. Yeah. There's not really anything I can look at and just say, yep, that's why he's one of the best players plus minus wise on this team. I mean, I do, there is just some sort of like vibe when he's on the floor. I feel like we're playing good basketball and clearly the stats are showing that. But it's not like I watch him and say, oh, he's draining every single three. I mean, he shoots 36% from three or something like that. It's not like he is blocking shots left and right. Something that actually Baji, I feel like, has been doing in his little time with the Blazers so far this year. So it's just so interesting. I just just think it's – I want to look back. Like, we talked this whole summer. All we talked about was this Damian Lillard trade. and. What were we going to get back? Were we going to get back good quality players? Were we going to get back a centerpiece? And in reality, DeAndre Ayton was that centerpiece. Now we can say that the most important ass- asset coming out of it might end up being Kamara, or it might be that Warriors pick, or it might be yeah. uh, Robert Williams. But at the time, Ayton was the centerpiece. So seeing him make $30 million and seeing him, again, I'm talking like he's done for the season. I'm talking like he's an absolute bum. He's not that. No. But I mean, he's only shooting 10 shots a game. He's missed time now. And that's not something he can control. But it's a little disappointing because if I had one big disappointment from this year, it would probably be the fact that I haven't seen like the DeAndre and that I can look at and say he is going to be our future center for the next eight, 10 years. It's so. it's just weird because. And I'm not going to compare Duop to Aiton because there are levels to this and DeAndre Ayton is clearly better, mm-hmm. more experienced and just overall a more polished basketball player. Duop has shown promise for sure. But when you look at, I have some defensive stats because we know Duop is not shy in shooting the three, which is good for this team. He can stretch the floor, gives the guards more space and he shoots the three, I think 38%. So it's good enough to where, you know, you can't, he's not just standing out there and not stretching the defense. So he offensively, I think Duop um, brings an element that Aiton can't, and that's a three-point shot. Now, that doesn't mean that Aiton's worse. That's just a different element that Duop can bring. Defensively, looking at the stats here, I mean, Aiton, it's kind of surprising me because Aiton is like 70th percentile or above in a lot of these categories. Um, The only thing that Aiton struggles with is he's twenty in the 27th percentile for block percentage, doesn't really get blocks. But like steal percentage, Aiton is in the 83rd percentile, which by the way, Matisse is in the is in the 100th percentile. Matisse's steal percentage is insanely high. Um, These are just defensive stats. Yes, this is block percentage, steal percentage. Um, It's it's defense and rebounding. Now you can just you know these could be cherry picked stats, but it's it's honestly a little surprising to see that Aiton is so like Aiton does not foul. 
a lot. Now you could say that's not a great thing. It's a good thing. You could blame physicality and his lack of wanting to bang with the big boys down low. Um, but yeah, it's just weird because Aiton, I don't know. I I will continue to say I will not make my final call on Aiton until probably next like next year. Honestly. Yeah, that's the hard thing with these pods is be like you want to give your instant reaction and your emotional reaction. And I think that's something we would do in these podcasts the last three years when we were trying to win every week, it would be like the Blazers are going to get home court this week. Oh, now they're not even going to make the playoffs into the world. I think we all understand. I would hope that all fans understand that what we're, what our team is on January 9th, 2023, 2024, excuse me, is not what Joe Cronin is trying to build here. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's hard. I, I don't want to come down on Aiden hard. And honestly, it's not probably the most important thing to talk about at this time. It was just kind of on top of mind just after seeing all this discourse on Baji and Duapreeth. Um yeah. and just touching more on these lower profile players players for the Blazers. Did you see that we uh cut or waived um Skylar Mays? Which, uh, which like I, I did. We I don't did. like at the end of the day, it's not a big deal. Skyler didn't have a future for our team, um, but I mean, he played so well in some that's of these, dude. in some of these games. I think that's almost like a um, a good example of like it's easier to find scoring guards and guards his uh with his skill set than the obvious one. We are always looking for a wing, like well, and also like at least in Portland's case, the lack of like wing and big scoring ever since Aldridge left really has made the Blazers a, you know, great place for guards to put up numbers. And I'm not in any way discrediting what Skylar Mays is doing, but there's probably a lot of guys who can put up the numbers in the Blazers offense because it's just now I'm not saying that's, that's why, you know, Sharp and Ant and Scoot are all good. I'm just saying for the replacement level players, it, it you know it's kind of like the spurs for example when like Wimby sits like malachi branham puts in like 18 points one game it's like someone's got to score and that that's true yeah <laughs> just a, i mean it's not like out of names it's not like skylar mays was contributing yeah, to win so like how um, really was he quickly just to wrap up on aiden what the thing that like is interesting to me when it comes to deandre is he's not super like he's a he's an effective rebounder uh, like he was leading the league in rebounds per game for a good part of the season but like offensively you just i don't think he's maximized his i don't i, wanna, I don't want to say like efficiency but just like his like shot chart almost like yeah. i'm not saying you have to just take the nba by do what the nba is doing and it's way upper three but again wow, his wow, a lot of money yeah, you're right. His his points per shot attempt is in the 24th percentile, and he's not like shooting an awful percentage. But it, that comes from like taking tough, contested, low percentage twos for a guy who's seven foot one. Now, again, there's a lot of reasons for that. You can chalk it up to the guards aren't getting him the ball in spots he wants. Now, in when you develop chemistry with Chris Paul and Phoenix, you're going to get the shots you want. When you're with Scoot Henderson. And even Shaden Sharp, who's developing as a ball handler. I know Ant is there, but there's no chemistry there. That's why I'm giving eight in time, but that's something to monitor. Is like 
is this dude going to keep settling for elbow jumpers or is he going to like actually i'm not asking you to step out for three but you know can you like work to get a better shot almost here's going off of that that's i think the biggest thing that has been quote-unquote disappointing with Aiden is just sure he's he was top five top ten in rebounding before he got hurt here and even though he's not shooting the greatest percentage he's still shooting an above average uh, percentage for a center like the stats at the end of the day aren't bad Mm. but how often are you watching a game and you're like man DeAndre Aiden is imposing his will man he is he is a physical force down there when we went to that Wizards game two days before Christmas, he had like 23 and 16. Did you ever feel like DeAndre Ayton was the best player or the most imposing player on the floor? I feel like it was just kind of like over the course of the game, given he's a seven foot one physical specimen, that's just, the stats are just going to come. And it's like, I I don't want to throw out the word empty stats, but that's almost what it feels like. Yeah, it's, I get where you're coming from. Um, I think on the flip side, though, when you were talking about that, it made me think of how um, when Phoenix went to the finals, DeAndre Ayton was what, like second, third best player on the t- on the team? Yeah. Third? Probably third, yeah. Probably third. So that's kind of my point is I don't think Ayton, like if the Blazers were, it's the same with Jeremy Grant. I've come to the conclusion on Jeremy Grant, not that it matters for Portland in our context of a title, but I don't think Jeremy Grant can be a second or first option on a championship team. I think he has to be the best third option in the league. I think Aiton's the same way. Like, I don't think, I think Aiton is that third guy that like release valve when you're hopefully down the line, you know, doing the get ants getting the Dame treatment in the playoffs or trapping them. And, you know, it's the name of the game for third option is efficiency. Like Mm -hmm. this, and especially in the playoffs and I'm getting way ahead of myself, but even in the regular season and winning games is like Anthony Simons can afford to take some heat checks in the form of deep threes and mess his percentage up and whatever scoot, you know, down the line may, may like maybe the same sharp, but when you're like a complimentary player, very important player, but when you're DeAndre Ayton and it's like, you know, he's a great, a great big who does not get talked about. And it's funny because we called him trash on our trivia stuff. It's Jalen Dern. Jalen Dern's a great big because every time I check the box score, the dude is six for seven, 12 points, 14 rebounds. Like yeah. that has to be DeAndre Ayton. You can get more than seven shots. But my point is, is, efficiency is the name of the game for Aiton. And I think he gets out over his skis when we're giving him like that m- way more touches. See, But it is... goes back to the efficiency thing in the first yeah. place. If you're taking middies, you're not going to be efficient. Exactly. The problem with that whole thing, and I think that's probably at this point from what we've seen, that's the ceiling of DeAndre Aiton. If, if, if that's the case, that's kind of an underwhelming best player to get back in a Damian Lillard trade. I know we're going back to this Damian Lillard trade in the summer, but like when we traded for Aiton, we were Laura. thinking we were, th- yeah, but like I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm joking. Do you just, when we made that trade, we were like, Oh, okay, I think get drew holiday and you can flip drew holiday. Maybe you can get your star from drew holiday and you right. get Aiden, and Aiden's going to be that centerpiece kind of like, maybe he still can be that as a third option. I think he can. But, 
it's but but we're are you we can't compare Aiton to Embiid and Jokic or Anthony Davis. Like I we wish, can't, I'm trying to think of what or I Wimby wish even can't right. compare him to Wimby when it comes you know in three to five years we can't compare him to these bigs who are number one options on their teams like I think Aiton now he's not going to be. I immediately thought Brooke Lopez. He will never be the shooter or shot blocker that Brooke Lopez is. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like value to your team, you're, I don't know. I, I can see, do you think, how about this? How about this? I'll ask you this question. Just, just bluntly. Do you think Aiden's an upgrade from Nurk? Yes. Okay. But, 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 but if you're going to, that's the thing. Here's the thing. You're saying we can't look at him like the number one option, but it's almost like you were the number one overall pick. We traded you were the centerpiece in a Damian Lillard trade. That's kind of what I want you to be. I, I want you to be more than the number three option. And maybe oh, okay. that's me being dumb, or maybe that's Joe or whoever and ended up pulling off this trade. Obviously, it's Joe. He's our GM that he pulled off the trade. It's Joe like being naive and saying, Well, he's the number one overall pick, and he just hasn't had a fair shake in Phoenix. And again, it's only been two, three months of a season. Yeah. So we're it, I we're overreacting a little bit here, but I think he's I think he's fun. I think he's fun. I need I need I, I unless Kamara, Aiton, and whatever Robert Williams and this pick we get from the Warriors, which right now is looking like it could be a lottery pick, unless all those guys are in our rotation or end up somehow contributing, whether that's by trading them or something to a championship level roster. Even if none of them are stars, then I'll be okay. But if like, if all we're getting is starter Aiden, fringe starter Kamara, and like a dude that can't stay healthy, Robert Williams, then maybe a okay player. That just feels like so so underwhelming. But it's fine. It's very early, and I don't want to get yeah, too. Yeah, I think forward. we're looking at everything pretty negatively right now. And I think if we were in a season where we're trying to win, I think Robert Williams would probably not have gotten surgery. I think DeAndre Aiden. Okay, sure, he's injury prone, but I don't know. We're, I think we're being a little uh, unrealistic with the negativity because I don't know. Aiden to me is fine, and also like if the Blazers suck next year too, and we lock into Cooper Flag and DeAndre Aiden becomes expendable, you know he's going to have some decent stats on a bad team, and we can just flip him down the line. That's a honestly a dream scenario because Cooper Flag is a dog, but. That's for a later day, later time. Let me ask you a question about a different player, okay? Let's talk about the Scoot Henderson experience here. I was going to say, let's go there. Scoot Henderson. Um, Let me just read you some stats since the new year. He has played four games, and he is averaging 12.8 points and almost 13 points, almost seven assists, 13 and seven. He's averaging 13 and seven. His field goal percentage is a measly 36%. Not great. But he's shooting 41% from three. He's starting to find his shot a little bit. And let me tell you the most important stat, not for you, but for all those people that are listening and around the world. Scoot Henderson was born in 2004. I just realized. It is absolutely disgusting here, by the way. The ra- is it raining where you are? Um, It has been. I heard you had a tornado, tornado warning. I've just gotten another flash flood warning. Um. It's rough here, but I'm going oh, to send this back. I'm going to send this back to you. I'm going to one up your stats, though. I'm going to go back to. I was going to beginning say. of the December. Okay. 
Because beginning in December, Scoot's averaging 14.5 points a game, 5.5 assists, 3 rebounds, and he's shooting not great from the field, so 38.5%, but 37% from 3, league average. That's over a span of almost, that is 15, 16 games over a month, month and a week. Um, now let me do you one better. Gross. Now let me do you one better. Yeah. This is for the whole season. Skew Henderson is in the third percentile in points per shot attempt. And he's in the third percentile in turnover percentage. So he turns the ball over at an alarmingly high rate and he can't score. But basically he gives the ball to the other team a lot, whether that's a miss or just literally turning it over. That's for the whole season, but we took it to a smaller sample size. And I think the point is there has been progression in Scoot Henderson's game, a little more confidence, yeah. which is um, nice to see. I was going to say confidence is probably the thing I see the most out of him uh, that, I, that I like. And then also just getting Anthony back is probably such a, such a weight off of Scoot's shoulders. I mean, mm-hmm. Anthony's what averaging twenty-seven and five right now. Let's be honest; like, if this team was maybe at least scrapping the plan and Anthony had played the whole year, he's probably in all-star conversations. But just because this team is not good and he missed a majority of the season, he won't even sniff those. But the West is also incredible. The West is also stupidly deep, and so it's just the NBA in general. Like, there is just—it's weird. Like now, like, is Demar Derozan an all-star? Probably not. Probably not, but like if you just go to these, like we were just doing. Um, obviously, if you guys don't know, we do trivia, NBA trivia on TikTok. If you want to go follow it, um, a link will be in the description. But we did top scoring leaders in what was it, 2013, 2014. And this, the guy with the second most points in the league was averaging like 27 points per game. And then at 20, it was like, I think we were, there was a bunch of guys at like 18 or 19 or 17. And like the top 50 all average above 19. Like Jimmy Butler averages, obviously he's not the best regular example, but he averages only 20 points per game. And he is 40th in the league in the scoring. Like we got guys like Paolo, that's probably going to be an all-star. Who's that's going to bump out? Who is that going to bump out? We got bleeping Terry Rozier averaging 24.3 points per game. Like... The NBA is crazy, and that was just a tangent, but I want Ant to make an all-star team, so he's all-star caliber. I think that's how we need to start grading players, like all-star caliber, because there's no longer just 20 all-star caliber players in the NBA. There's like 40. There could be 50. Crazy. It's crazy, and the Blazers have like one. Yeah. And Maybe. No one else. Than that. I, mean, I guess Jeremy technically is. So if you stick Jeremy, if you stick Jeremy on a good team, he's not averaging more than 16, I feel like. Like he's just getting 21 because he's on the Blazers. Probably. Is that is he averaging 21? I think he's averaging 21 right now. So is, Simon's 27, Grant 21. Yeah, Simon's 27. He's averaging like 13. 13 and 6, 13 and 5. Look, here the thing about Scoot is that I his start to the season was so poor that people just immediately created the narrative in their head of who he is as a basketball player and are forgetting the fact that there's this thing called development. And I think Scoot is still trying to figure out the best way he can impact a basketball game. For example, I think he's trying to figure out, and he might not, he might not fully grasp this until year three, year four is what is my sim like similar to Aiton? What does my shot chart look like? How am I what what are my spots on the floor? 
how can I punish a defense with my passing? You know, defend, we always talk about how defensively it's a work in progress and he'll continue to grow on that end. I'm actually pleased, very pleased. Um, and above all, like, dude just seems like a great teammate. You know, even when he's on the bench in crunch time, like, for example, he's on the bench in crunch time against Brooklyn, kind of signified to me we wanted to win the game. And he, you know, of course everyone's cheering, but he's like standing up, like very involved. And I'm not trying to like just smooch or anything. Like he's just, you know. Yeah. I, I will say he's like a teammate. We did need to win that game because the stretch coming up. We got Knicks, Thunder, Timberwolves, Suns, Love Nets, it. Pacers, Lakers, Thunder. Now that Pacers could be a win now. Obviously, we just beat the Nets. Um, and then again, we can, that's the NBA, we can win any game, but like, we're playing the Knicks right now, and that's probably the easiest team out of the next four, and we're 12 and a half point underdogs, which is just love it. crazy to me. I love um, it. That's tonight. That's gonna be a but you know what you know what you know what the headline is gonna be tomorrow. If if we were if we were a newspaper, the headline Malcolm, would be Malcolm Malcolm Brockton makes his nets his next tryout. Kidding, go ahead. Massacre and MSG. Massacre and MSG. Uh they haven't lost since they got OG. Um have the but I, I do actually got it yeah they definitely have i think they did just smoke the warriors the other night which again we can talk about that how the warriors suck that's a great for our pick um that's actually if you have anything else i was gonna jump into something kind of something just kind of like draft stuff i've got a couple just broad questions so you have two broad questions and you don't have to answer them directly you can just kind of take the conversation where once where you want it to go my two questions would be, one is Chauncey, are you seeing the development? Are you, is there anything that's changed for Chauncey? And then the second thing is, if you could just take full bias out, if you could go back to the start of the season and see where we are now, are you happy with where our players are in terms of development? If And I know it's really hard because obviously you're happier with Scoot now than you were a week into the season, but... You probably might have expected more before the season started. So try to take as much bias out as you can. And just are you are you satisfied with how the Blazers have been so far through two months, two and a half months of the season? Um, I'll answer that. I'll answer that one first. I am I am content with where the Blazers are at. Um, of course, am I happy that we're 10 and 25? No, because I like the Blazers and I want them to win because it makes me feel good when they win. Um, but I mean we know what the predictions were. I mean, the Vegas had us in the twenties for wins. So, you know, we're 10 and 25. Yeah. So like, I, I guess I could say I'm disappointed that we suck, but we knew this was coming in terms of development from the players. I am honestly, I'll say I am right now. I'm good. If you, if you, again, like you said, if you asked me this over Thanksgiving, I would have been like, Okay, well, Scoot sucks. Malcolm and Jeremy take too many shots. Ants hurt. Aiden looks mid. Like, I would have been a lot more, you know, negative about the team. But right now, Ants 27 and 5. I mean, you predicted that pretty spot on, saying Ant was going to go 27 in the game. Um, All-star, though, tough. You know, he, he won't, but it's fine. Um, I, I guess the only thing I would say is – just the injuries are a little unfortunate because I want to see this group play. I don't care if we lose. I want to see Aiden out there. Robert Williams was great in his stint for the season. Um, Sharp had to miss. Simons had to miss. 
So a little unfortunate, but I'm cool with where we are. What was the second question? Before I go to that, just so I don't lose my train of thought, I'll give you my opinion on it. Oh, I am, what what I, is your opinion on it? I think I'm very similar to you. I am just I'm just kind of flat even. I've no no lean either way because there are things I'm disappointed in and there's things I'm very happy to see. Start we'll just start with the disappointment. Aiden has not been as good as I have hoped he would. Um obviously Scoot has not been as good as I hoped he would. Robert Williams going down with an injury, as much as it's just like injuries are part of the game, it does stink that he is still experiencing these experiencing these injuries. And I just hope that that bringing Robert Williams in from the Celtics isn't just forgotten. And he actually, whether it's by flipping him again or his play on the floor, actually like gives an impact to the Blazers' quest to getting back to being good. So those are kind of the disappointing things. Um, but the positives are ant like. I literally see Damian Lillard 2.0 in Anthony Simons. And like, obviously I don't think he's going to be the all-time leading scorer for the Blazers or a perennial all-star, but like those qualities and those tendencies, like I, we're used to it now, but beginning of the season, it's not like I was going to say, Anthony, every shot you take is an okay shot because it can actually go in. Uh, now I've actually seen it happen. So I'm really happy with that. And then obviously the fact that Tumani Kamara, the guy that we'd even mention in our, reaction to the Damian Lillard trade the fact that he is not only just a starter but or not only just in the rotation but actually a starter is like hat off to Joe or whoever saw that guy maybe it was Mike Schmitz saw him and said we need to include him in the trade so those are just a couple things my second question for you is it's honestly the same thing you already technically answered it. it was just more geared toward Chauncey and it just has to do with development and are you seeing anything different from Chauncey or is it still just like wait until this team needs to win and see how he does when we're actually good? I think it's, I think Chauncey is directly tied to Ant and Scoot and Sharp. Like, I think as long as he has those guys developing and those guys are supportive of him as a coach, I think he'll be fine. I don't, I think head coach, like, I think Chauncey is a good coach for development. And if that's what you're asking me, I think he's doing fine. Now I'm separating development and, you know, uh, mo- mo- like motivator, former player, kind of like a player's coach with X's and O's. Can you win? Like, we don't know that he's made some questionable choices. I mean, he coached a great game in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. two challenges late, one of both. It's the reason why we got to OT and honestly won the game. Um, I think development wise, fine. He's, he's solid. I think players like him. I can't speak for if he can win or not because he's not been given a chance to. And I don't think, I don't think he is coaching for his job. For example, like, I think he's tasked with development first X's and O's second right now, at least. So, mm-hmm. okay. Um, um, those are the two questions. What, what did you have? I had two, two, same idea, but two questions for you. It was back to the Simons thing. Um, the first one was, actually, it was one question, but it was a common beforehand. Simons is great, and there's a reason why in Dame's exit letter, he sent a paragraph to Anferny, Anferno or whatever, because he was like, I, he was like, I see myself in you type thing. Like, 
you're next up. And we were all like, oh, that's nice. He's handing the keys off. But Simon is actually like that dude. My question for you is, because Dame, Dame earned this from us and fans. Are you cool with any shot Simon's takes ever? Like, and, and you shot. think it's going in? I think it could go in. Yeah. That's, and that's kind of the biggest thing and why I say, excuse me, why I get Damian Lillard vibes from him, just because, like, there's not, his trigger is so quick. And honestly, for some reason, every time I watch him shoot, I feel like his trigger isn't that quick, but it is. So, yeah. And I really just hope we keep Anthony Simons forever. <laughs> And his, he's such an underrated, uh, probably not underrated to us, but to the league, he's such an underrated, like, finisher. Like, his lay package and floater package is saucy. Especially, I- I'm thinking of Brooklyn in my head because he went at Claxton multiple times, who, by the way, is an 86 overall in 2K. Yeah, um, and who, what, that wasn't Simon. It's all sharp uh, to nice take finish. the lead nice at the finish. end of regulation. Um but then obviously Mikhail ended up hitting that shot to go to overtime. But right. I just know in two, two, three years, we're going to be in the same position we were previously. We're going to have two guards, or, or I guess we're going to have three guards now. And it's just, we're going to have to give, it just sucks that we have to go through this. And we right. know the team that's doesn't how you, That's how you like yeah. build, uh, like look at the Thunder, man. You think if we were Thunder fans, we would have been happy that we traded Paul George and Russ. Yeah, but... The thing about the Thunder right now is they again, haven't missed just, draft pick in 30 years. It just has to do with the fact that Scoot was the best player available and like he was this can't miss prospect. And it just happened to be that Chet was there for them as a can't miss prospect and he happened to be a big. But it's just like they've drafted perfectly. They get they get a great center, they get a great wing, they get a great guard. It's not like guard, guard, guard. So and they Again, have you have to think we're getting a big or a wing in this year's draft, and that could be the Such next a mid draft, though. But the thing, probably by the time the draft comes around, we'll be ended up, end up, we'll end up yeah. being convinced by some of these prospects. But yeah, right now, like it's just there's so much G League and overseas talent. Like there's not even like Sar three guys Sar. from college in there. I don't know his first name, but Sar's the guy. Like Alexander, Alexander, like that. That's that's the last thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap. Here is the draft, not. Not like prospects, but in terms of the NBA standings, where we're at, we're probably picking, we're in the fifth, sixth range right now in terms of worst record. But two things. One, you mentioned Golden State. Golden State, um, we have their pick. It's top three or four protected? Uh, top four protected, yes. Top four protected. Um, and we obviously want them to miss the playoffs, so we get two lottery picks. And... That's something to monitor for Blazer fans. If you don't want to watch the Blazers lose, then you can go root for the Warriors to lose. And the Warriors have beaten us many times and have hit us where it hurts many times, so we can root for them to lose. So, for example, the Warriors played the Pistons like the other night, and I was rooting hard for the Pistons just because I was like, I got nothing else to do. You yeah, know, as of right now, we have the fifth worst record in the league, and the Warriors have the 11th. So Tankathon, their mock draft, has us taking – Small forward, power forward from the G League. The guy we saw in high school, Ron Holland, with the fifth pick. And they have us taking Kyle Filipowski at the 11th pick. Um, I'm not a big Filipowski guy. That's just me, though. You are or you're not? Not. It's so hard to project what those, like... But if we send... Isn't Filipowski, like, third, fourth year? No, it's second year. Um, Oh, he was a... I thought he transferred in. No, he was a freshman last year. 
Um, but oh, I mean, wow. like Zach Eadie's going in the first round in these mock drafts. Like, no. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's it's. it's about well, we only have to worry. We, we only have to worry about the lottery. So, um, yeah, second yeah. thing, the yeah. second thing is, just just more of like league league news could affect Blazer standings. Is John Morant's done for the year? I don't know if the Grizzlies are kind of throwing in the towel or if they're just gonna keep kind of grinding away. But without Jaw, like I still don't think they'll be worse than the Blazers because no. they have too much talent on that team. I mean, they were pretty bad to start the year, and I'm. Pretty I know, sure but it's hard to. Just a, I get no John and Stephen Adams. That's kind of like your the two anchors, but like Bane and JJJ are legit dudes. I mean, they're starting or they're. I don't even know who they're starting guard. Oh, I guess those are smart and Bane, but they're three games ahead of us. I don't. I would. I wouldn't think we have to worry about them. I. I really think there's no shot we're worse than obviously the Pistons, most likely the Wizards, and the Spurs. So realistically, and I, I think Charlotte could end up being better than us. I'm honestly surprised Charlotte's as bad as they are. Um, but they're two games worse than us, but they've dealt with a lot of injuries. But once you get out of the Portland, uh, San Antonio, Detroit, Washington, Charlotte, and then maybe squeeze, squeeze in Memphis, the rest of the teams are all like barely under 500, all trying to make the playoffs. So we're, I mean, yeah. not that we were nervous about our pick earlier, but I would say we're guaranteed a top five pick. At least odds wise. Last thing, um, yes or no, Brogdon's dealt at the deadline. Yeah, I definitely think so. I saw a rumor that anyone else, New York, was interested in him. I don't think. Who would the Knicks give us? What 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 what's the asking price going around? I think it would be hoping you get a first round pick out of them, and then they're just matching with Fournier or something, and we buy out Fournier. Like I don't think we're getting any valuable pieces other than draft capital this uh, this trade deadline. Maybe we trade Matisse, but I don't I don't know what he brings back. You just gotta think the only the guy we need, like we need to trade Brogdon because hopefully at that point Anthony Simons or yeah, Anthony Simons, uh Sharp and Scoot are all playing well and are all healthy. So there really isn't a need for a fourth ball dominant guard. But when you look at Tease and Jeremy, it's not like we have a lot of guys behind them that really need to play. Um because if you trade Jeremy, you're gonna be starting what Jabari Walker and is Jabari Walker like? Do you view Jeremy's, Jabari as your? We're not in a position to trade Jeremy. I don't think Jeremy's gone either, unless yeah. you get that can't can't deny offer, which you never know. There's desperate teams out there. Um, True. A la L.A. Lakers, but they're looking for guards. They want um, Zach, and they want Zach or um, who's the other guy? Dejounte. Dejounte. I saw someone say. There's um, one more. They think there's that, one more. There's probably another one, but I saw maybe it's this guy. They saw someone say that they think that. Uh, Chris Paul will be traded from the Warriors to some random team. He'll get bought out, and then the Lakers will sign him on a minimum. Then that means LeBron will finally play with all his banana boy, banana boat boys, uh, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, and Carmelo, and then he might uh, finally actually be done. So you never know. Chris Paul? No, LeBron. Oh, I think LeBron's got. I think LeBron's got twenty-eight years. years left. He's probably he's Tom, he's Tom Brady. He's gonna play until he's forty-five. That's crazy. You think he wants another championship? Probably not. Realistically. I mean, yeah. What does he have for still? That's that's what we said about Tiger until he did. Yeah. Speaking of no, we don't Nike, yeah. Couple masters behind me. Well, I mean, Nike is headquartered in Portland, so it is kind of relevant. Yeah. Speaking of basketball, I did storm the court this weekend. That was pretty cool. 
Yeah, you looked like a nice, funny guy when you like a bum. Yeah, that was funny. That was really funny. That was that was that was almost the biggest sell I've ever seen. I mean, I wouldn't expect less. From so the guy who was in, being interviewed in front of you, that a hor- horrible interview. Hey, 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 man. Hey, I didn't even watch the interview. I was Same, up in the stands by the time he actually was really interviewing. But I think that's all we got. Make sure to go follow our uh, TikTok and also Instagram Reels, RCR Trivia. It might be still under Rip City Rundown on TikTok. We need to check that, and if it is, we probably should change that. Um, I think it might have been changed already, but I'm not sure. Um, but if you like NBA trivia, go check that out. The links for that will be in the description. Of course, if you're not following our Instagram or Twitter, it's been a little dry recently, but you'll still get your good content. Maybe not post-game recaps on Instagram, but more kind of in-depth posts just about individual players or things along those na- things along those lines. Uh, Twitter is just whenever I have a thought about the Blazers that I want to put out, uh, we'll throw it over there. Oh, I guess it's X, excuse me, on X. Um, Twitters. And Twitter. with all that being said, thank you guys for watching. That's all you got, Wes? That's all I got. All right, we'll see you guys next uh, week, probably in two weeks. Uh, just be on the lookout for every two weeks, every Wednesday still. Um, and we'll see you guys then. Peace.